Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to My Vagina. I'm Jesse Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, urinating. Uri- <laughs> oh my God, urinating, our urinating conversation about our lives as vagina having organisms. <laughs> All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, it's definitely researched. Fucked up the whole thing. Uh. Well, me and Rebecca have had a. Uh, <clears throat> nature's been attacking. Yeah, but like city nature. City nature has been coming for spiders us. Spiders are not city nature. They sort of are. Inside are spiders. I don't know. I guess so. I mean, I live by a park. There's kind of nature there. <laughs> anyway. We're being attacked from every angle by creatures. My roommate, Douglas, was sitting playing FIFA and he saw a spider on the TV and he was like, should I kill it? And I was like, no, don't kill it. Fine. It's here to like kill insects. And then I started to panic because I am a little afraid of recluse spiders. I like spiders, but I'm afraid of recluse spiders. I, I was asking him, do we have recluse spiders in New York? He's like, I don't fucking know. So I started Googling it. And then in the time it took me to do that, he goes, oh my God, I don't know where it went. I was like, what? I was like, you were in charge of watching the spider. <laughs> you had one job, Doug. Where did it go? And then all of a sudden we saw it had spiraled down and was floating in midair and Doug screamed. (laughs) And then I screamed and we were both like, what do we do? Yelling at each other. And I was like, I don't know, you do something. And so then finally he was like, I'm going to kill it. And I was like, don't kill it. I was like, I'll get a Dixie cup. We'll fucking, we'll put it outside. You know, we caught him and we brought him up to the rooftop. Doug was like, what do I do now? And he was like, take the paper off. And I was like, no man, throw the cup and run. Yeah. It's like a spider bomb. Right. So he did that. And the next day I woke up and I went to put a plate in the dish and there was another spider. And so here are my theories. Either one, he came back yeah. to get revenge. Right. Two, it was his brother yeah. who came back to get revenge. Right. Where the fuck this is, is my the brother? Theme. Yeah. Right. Or three, we're in that weird movie with, I think, Brandon Frazier, uh, Eight Legs. I don't eight know, crazy legs. Oh no, it wasn't Brandon Fraser. I'm messing up. That's my the weird guy with the voice, right? 90s brown moppy hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so here's what's so crazy. I get a text from Jesse that's like, you know, no context. It just says, Do we have recluse spiders <laughs> in New York? And I was like, I don't know. So I was at my computer. So I Googled it. And I was like, you know, we might. But also, her other roommate was out of town. So I thought, in keeping with something that had happened to me once before, that perhaps he had traveled back from Florida with a spider in his bag, which is now my biggest fear because I once did that. I thought you were going to say traveled back in time for some reason. Oh, <laughs> wow. That would be a whole other thing. That's, the We'd spi- to, we the would spider have to have is a, a breacher. Yeah, right. <laughs> he breaches the space-time continuum to, to come and exact his revenge. No joke, 10 minutes later, I walk to go take a shower. I pull back the shower curtain and there's a fucking spider in my tub. It was like we were living parallel lives in that moment. <laughs> and then, so then, fast forward this past Friday, I went to work and I was wearing this really cute dress and I, I was like feeling myself, you know. But the back, the back <laughs> story, was I was. I even texted Jesse. I was like, I feel like I have to go sashay around. Um, but the backstory of it was that the only reason I was wearing the dress was that I had done my laundry <laughs> and I didn't have any shorts. So it was like really the only option. But I looked cute, I thought. 
I left work and I was going to meet up with my friend Lee and I saw something big coming out of the darkness and it ran in front of me and I was inches, no, not even inches, centimeters from tripping over it and I looked and it was a rat. But I didn't even care. Yeah. That was what was so crazy because I was like, well, it's better than when I was in Louisiana and it would have been like a Nutra rat and those fucks were like 11 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So (laughs) that happened and then last night... All right, everyone relax. <laughs> I had an episode of epic proportion happen. I have never felt more New York. I was walking down to the bar to read up on the episode that we're doing today, and I was calling my mom about uh, a story that I want to tell for the Motherline Project, which is a storytelling collective for female expression. Uh, The project brings together generations of performers to tell the stories of their maternal ancestors. Anyway, I was like talking to my mom about her. She was at the bombing for the 93 World Trade Center. So obviously I was like revved up on like hearing this story until I realized I saw a floating empanada walking next to the next to one of the like fenced off portion yeah. uh, lands or whatever <laughs> fenced off lands <laughs> of brooklyn <laughs> and so i saw the floating empanada and i was like what is that and why is it moving and then realized there was a rat attached to it oh, and God. so as a new yorker i was like oh of course gotta right. put empanadas on the table got to it's hard to be a rat in new york you know rents are damn high <laughs> hashtag empanada rat <laughs> anyway so Walking back, and I'm passing five garbage bags in front of some apartment building. Yeah, which I will never do again. Yeah. And I'm walking by, and all of a sudden, something connects with my right foot. No. Spins up in the air. And when I say spins, I saw the underbelly of this rat. A white underbelly. (laughs) So put me in, FIFA. I'm ready to go. Right? Just seriously. Substitute the ball for a rat. Our girls got got you. Skills. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he connected with my foot spun in the air I saw him in front of me about stomach high he fell back down but I was walking so fast and uh, kicked him on the way down with again. my left foot and he spiraled out like rolled in front of me in front of the sidewalk and I was still in motion yeah and then all of a sudden the rat gets up runs after my calf and gets tangled up in my legs and I felt his teeth for like a split second on my thigh and I did this weird Broadway movement forward <laughs> Chance break. <laughs> it's like this like horrifying moment where I'm like, it's still in between my legs. It's still in between my legs. Why is it still in between my legs? And so I like got home and my roommate Doug and his girlfriend were there. And I was like, please check me, please. please yeah, I might have lost a leg. Me. I don't know. Are there scratches? I was like, I felt him touch me. There was contact. There was contact. I think he tried to scratch me. He got entangled with me for a few seconds. It was, whew, it was rough. I'm glad you're okay. I know. You I'm haven't... still freaked out. I might turn into splinter. I was, I was actually, when I got here, I was like looking for whiskers a little bit. <laughs> I'm turning. And, and that rat, I saw you in the parking lot. That explains you. Hi. Let's yeah. do it. I actually have butterflies in my stomach about talking about this. Rebecca, tell us what we're talking about. <laughs> Jessie's grabbing her tits right it's now. It's a comfort thing. I get it. I get it. You know what, Iceland... No, it's not Iceland. It's um Uruguay. It's like I, I don't know if it's about sneezing. I have to look this up. But they grab their boobs and like for like good luck. Oh it's like God. a break a leg, like you grab your boob. And I was like, why doesn't everyone do that? I love that. Yeah, it would be awesome. I'm gonna have to fact check that. So that'll be in the episode Please. notes. So, uh, in an effort to be relevant right now to mm. what's going on, because everyone's talking about it, we're gonna be talking about uh, the forced separation of families, and we want to talk about it and. 
and find a way that it relates to the issues that we talk about on here. Right. um, Because it's important. And it goes to kind of prove this. It's an example of the point that we've made before that so many issues that traditionally we don't think of as women's issues or reproductive issues actually do fall under the umbrella Mm -hmm. of that. Because when we think about how all these different things are connected, you know, economic rights, social, like all of that stuff, they're all connected and they are affected by gender, class, and race. And they can all be explained through these different, more inclusive lenses. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I don't want to call it a disclaimer, but just so you, all the listeners know, I, so Jesse and I had been talking about how we were going to approach this. And I texted our friend, our friend Carrie and asked her, and of course, because she's so smart, within like five seconds, she got back to me and she was like, this and this. And I was like, yeah, that's really smart. Okay. So we started reading about it. And honestly, I'd heard the terms reproductive justice before. And Mm -hmm. I feel as though I, like both of us know more than the average bear about feminist issues and women's issues. And I didn't know the majority of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Like, but wi- women of color are always three steps ahead of us. Yes, all the time. And unfortunately, it's because they have to be. Right. And we just have to listen. Yeah. I also want to say that we're going to screw up and please call us out on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, diplomatically, would be yes, nice. please. <laughs> we're sensitive. <laughs> but not, no, I'm not. I, we're not sensitive because I do want to hear if we say the wrong things and we're happy to correct ourselves. We're not going to. Yeah. We're not going to double down on anything. Um, It's not our experience. Right. Absolutely. But that's important for people to tell us what we're doing wrong so we can do better the next time. Absolutely. In in part of what the mission of this podcast is in general is like we are, especially this one for me, super learning along with all of with all of you. Mm -hmm. So like this was really enlightening thing. Yeah. Yeah. So to start off, we want to just define what reproductive reproductive justice is as opposed to uh, reproductive rights. Basically, the history of it is that the term reproductive justice was coined by a caucus of black feminists at a 1994 pro-choice conference who believed that the pro-choice movement in general tended to privilege the needs of predominantly white middle class women who, as we all know, historically and still now have the ability have had the ability to choose from different reproductive options that are generally unavailable to poor um, and low-income women, but specifically women of color. And that's an issue that, we, that we've talked about before, just this idea that, that women of color f- feel as though the mainstream feminist movement doesn't, there is an intersectiona- intersectionality included and their voices aren't mm-hmm. heard. And when their points are made, a lot of times they're appropriated by the white women in power. So reproductive justice, according to uh, Loretta Ross of the sister song Women of Color Reproductive Health Collective, They define it as uh, reproductive justice is the complete physical, mental, spiritual, political, social, and economic well-being of women and girls based on the full achievement and protection of women's human rights. When we're talking about rights of women of color and indigenous women, the idea behind reproductive justice is that we have to fight for the right to have a child, the right to not have a child, and the most important for this issue is the right to parent the children that we have. And if a child is taken away from its parents, that the parents are then denied that right to parent their child. And that is an issue of reproductive justice. I, the, I think you sent me this article, yeah. Alejandra Pablos, who had a great quote where she was like, the same people who would force me to continue my pregnancy are the same people who would rip my baby from my arms and deport me because of my immigration status. She also, Alejandra Pablos, she also talked about how so much of the way that we criminalize people. So when we look about the, at the criminal justice system and mm-hmm. the way that, you know, if you have a white person that commits a crime and a person of color that commits the exact same crime, the person of color gets punished more. And then when you add to that someone with an Im- with who's an immigrant or has like a gr- who's a green card, they might have their green card taken from them. Right. 
can be really hard for white people to see beyond their circumstances. Nobody Um, ever questions us. Never. The reason that we think that reproductive justice is important in general, they argue that that we've limited ourselves by thinking about reproductive rights as as just an abortion issue Mm -hmm. and that the framework of choice is so problematic because it is so small. And we think about women's reproductive rights specifically around the context of abortion. If choice is the word that you use, Mm -hmm. then what you end up with is a spectrum of whether the choice is good or whether the choice is bad. And so you can say like, oh, well, this person made a bad choice and therefore should be arrested for this thing, like women who are pregnant and drink or women who are pregnant and do drugs who get arrested. It happens more to women of color uh, than to white women, but it's this ability that the government then has to be paternalistic and to punish people of color for choices that they make under the framework that has already been accepted. Our identities shape our chance at a good life, Mm -hmm. where you live, what family you were born into, what color you were born. It determines whether you get a second chance or not. Yeah. And basically this idea of like of punishing women for their choice and like the feminist movement kind of ushering this action forward. So this is just like a more open framework. The idea of reproductive justice should be more broadened. It's not just about abortion. That's yeah. so black and white and every issue is not a single issue. It may, I mean, I've been blinded by that, too, because I think that's a huge issue for me in terms of reproductive rights issues that I've, I have kind of honed in on abortion. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it's bigger than that. Right. And it's who has access to that. And, and also family, like reproductive rights also means family. Like mm-hmm. I've read something in the article that you wrote, but for instance, like in the black community where, you know, if their child can get pulled over by the cops and killed, then that's a reproductive rights yes. issue. It's, yeah, that's an issue of reproductive justice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening at the border? What is, what is happening, happening at the border? <laughs> Take it away, Jesse. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I guess it started with Jeff Sessions' statement at the conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this quote... (laughs) Oh my God, it's awful. When I I read it, I just closed my eyes and sighed. Uh, Jeff Sessions said, quote, if you are snuggling a child... Smuggling is what to say. (laughs) If you're snuggling a child, we will prosecute you. (laughs) But honestly, that makes it so much worse to me, honestly. If you're snuggling a child... Oh my God. That's really sad, but I'm glad that we're not going to prosecute people for snuggling their children. (laughs) Although I guess kind of by extension, we are prosecuting people for snuggling their children. No, we are. Yeah, we really are. (sighs) It's fine. It's fine. And we're back. Fucking Jeff Sessions. If you are smuggling a child, then we will prosecute you. And that child will be separated from you as required by law. If you don't like that, then don't smuggle your children over our borders. What kind of garbage person? Where is the troll hunter? Yeah, where is the troll hunter? Go after this troll. Yeah, we should send the rats. We should use like all of our powers of city nature to send them all to fucking destroy Jeff Sessions. Maybe me and that rat can like sit down and like have a conversation and be like, man... It's cool. I know you have a lot of aggression. Know where you need to take it out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. All over his motherfucking face. (laughs) Nobody will notice the difference. Oh, hell no. But like people don't just pack up their things and leave their home with their children. Right. The fact that none of the United States inhumane policies have managed to stop the flow of migrants only speaks to the circumstances that are happening to these people who are forced to migrate. Exactly. I I don't even have a kid, so I can't even – I've tried to consider my mom – in a position where she was in a country where drug cartels and street gangs were just killing people for being in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. 
know? or like recruiting children. Yeah. These people are leaving because they're suffering from high levels of violence from gangs and other organized criminal groups. They want to recruit minors. They carry out extortion, kidnapping. They're sexually abusing girls. These are all in contained areas in like Honduras, El Salvador mm. and oh, Guatemala. Yeah. It's really frustrating to me that people can't relate to the possibility that this could be us. Yeah. This is all based on where you were born and what mm -hmm. family you were born into. And to add to that, Nicaragua is having mm -hmm. some serious unrest right now where they're killing students. Yeah. So to double down on what Jesse just said, think about where you live. Think about where you grew up. And we're there are lucky. studies. Yeah, we are lucky. But there have been studies in the U.S. and I'll find this and put in the episode notes that show the average distance that people move away from where they grew up. Generally, people don't move that far because you have because there's this thing called roots that you set down and there's a connection to place and to space. And that is that comes from family and from memory and all these other things. People don't tend to move that far from where they grew up unless they have to. And sometimes that's for a good reason. But a lot of times that's not. These people are leaving under duress. One of the things that and we found just out. they're looking for a better place they're for looking their kids. For their kids. Their family. Nobody wants to leave their home. No. There's a few things to add here. I mean, the executive order came down to so like they've undone the policy that they're separating kids from their families. There was never a process in place to reunite the parents and the children once they were separated because our country is run by a bunch of monsters. And people who are unorganized, honestly, yeah. at the end of the day, they're giving out paperwork for yeah. people's backpacks and yeah. not kids. So yeah. people don't know where their fucking kids are and neither does anybody who, who placed them. Exactly. So one of the things that the administration also did was to say that if even if you're coming through a legal, a legal, not an illegal, a legal port of entry and you are trying to escape domestic violence or gang violence, that is that's no longer an acceptable reason to seek asylum. Did you see that the other thing Jeff Sessions said? Oh, God, it just keeps coming. <laughs> the mere fact that a country may have problems effectively policing certain crimes or that certain populations are more likely to be victim of crime cannot itself establish an asylum claim. Wow. Yeah. Fuck you, Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Seriously, I want to push him in a volcano. Just like straight doesn't care. No, he doesn't. He's a racist. He's a psychopath. Shit. Yeah, he's awful. No, this is someone who is beyond ists. Yeah, this you're is right. This is a, a psychopath because the fact that you can completely separate yourself from the idea of humanity is... Yeah. Bleh. Yeah, it's not it's not a thing that that we are able to even comprehend. Yeah, and and the American Civil Liberties Union has documented cases where mothers were separated from their children even after legally making their claim. Right. So people yeah. are trying to do this legally, but I think it's something like 89% are being denied D denied asylum claims. Yeah. Here it is. Based on arguments, U.S. courts denied 88% of asylum applicants and Mexicans between 2012 and 2017, as well as 79% of those from El Salvador and 78% of those from Honduras. In contrast, only 20% of applicants from China were denied asylum. Wow. And in Mexico, I think 50% are being approved, but it's just there's places there that are just as dangerous. Right. For them. And the one guy, I think, who escaped Honduras went to Mexico right. and wound up getting killed anyway right. by a drug cartel. And these are innocent people who are just at the wrong place in the wrong time yeah. or are anti-drug cartels and are getting killed because they're anti-drug cartels. Let me remind people that, that the gang violence that's currently happening, the what's it called? The M13. M13 gang that's currently fucking destroying Mexico and Central America started in LA that was exported at this point like it feels to me like we're creating terrorists yeah if you treat people as less than human and of course not everybody there's plenty of people who have been through horrific things who somehow manage to continue on and to continue having a positive outlook we're lucky that there's so many of those but if a government mistreats people mm -hmm. to the degree that that we are mistreating people it's no wonder 
that some of them are being radicalized and that some of them target our government and target white people as the source of all of this stuff that they're going through because they're not wrong. Right. You know, I'm not advocating for violence, of course, but uh, but like they're not wrong. So one of the things that I really wanted to touch on is that um, is that we've been seeing a lot of uh, stuff and lots of conversation about how this isn't just a Trump thing. And, you know, a lot of people making excuses for Trump as they always are for some reason. So the one thing to say is that this is a Trump policy. This separating children from their parents was never an explicit policy. It happened. And one of the ways, but it was never something that the government intended to do. It wasn't the goal. Mm -hmm. What we're looking at here is an administration whose idea of deterrence is torture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is the way that they're doing it. It's not an unfortunate byproduct. And having it be an unfortunate byproduct is certainly not any better. But the intentionality is a notable point. Under the second President Bush, so starting in 2008, the U.S. began the Alien Transfer Exit Program called ATEP, which basically allowed the U.S. to detain male Mexican migrants near the border. And rather than repatriating them to Mexico, they would take them somewhere like hundreds or thousands of miles away from where they had been apprehended and then release them like in the middle of the night somewhere that they didn't know. Yeah. Lateral repatriation, right? Exactly. And the thing about it is like, yeah, they might detain the men. And and this was an idea of deterrence. Oh, we're going to scare them from coming in by saying like, we're going to drop you off somewhere random. But the fact of the matter is that they're, they're <laughs> yeah, yeah, like spin them around a couple. Yeah, of times, exactly. Get them know, dizzy and be dizzy like, and then push them somewhere. Go. The um, fuck is wrong with it's you? So crazy. This was a thing that was happening under the Obama administration because it it continued all through Obama, and we all know that that there was a lot of deportations mm-hmm. under the Obama administration. So it's like, yeah, he's. The, I still don't agree with that. Right. Like, people absolutely. keep throwing this in my face, and I'm like, cool. The only thing we got out of this is that we're now awake enough to like fucking fight it. Right. Exactly. You know, like shame on us for not seeing it during the Obama administration. Right. Fine. That doesn't make me feel any better no. that he did it too. No, I, I'm just, yeah, I agree with you. Trump people are always like, yeah, but Obama, yeah, but Obama. It's like, Great. yeah, cool. Obama too. He didn't have a, a specific policy, but he was doing it too. And this is like a reckoning that we need to have about, about like how we value people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might have only detained and released men somewhere random. But a lot of times men are traveling with their families. Yeah. And so when they did that, they We're did separating. separate them. Mm-hmm. They separated the men from their wives, from their partners and their children. Then they would send them different places. And the husband or the partner, the male half of the... Had no idea, had no idea where his partner and children were. And same thing. And so there are people who didn't, didn't know if their partner was even alive for months. That's torture. That's so horrible. That's torture. And that makes for an unsafe Yeah, to think your like, father is dead somewhere or your wife and kids are yeah. dead somewhere in the fucking desert. Yeah, and all of a partner. sudden, you used, to have, you used to have a partner raising your kids with you. And all of a sudden, you're on your own in a country you don't know, mm-hmm. where you're not wanted, where you may or may not speak the language, and you're alone. How do you raise your kids? How do you create an environment of safety for your kids? And I think I found this quote. So John Kelly had initially had initially considered making this policy that was back in 2017. And Mary Small, who's the policy director of the Detention Watch Network, there's two different parts. The first part is she said it's a, it, that the United States is assuming it knows what's best for immigrant families while criminalizing them for wanting to give their families a better life and then harming immigrant families in the process. With women, we pretend enforcement policies are to protect them from the dangers of migrating north. It is very gendered. We treat women migrants as if they're not making informed decisions on behalf of their families in light of the circumstances they're facing in their home countries. And the only way to help women understand that is a hard punishment when they arrive in the United States. 
For men, the public narrative is that they are dangerous and need to be deterred from entering the U.S. The common root of both is that immigrants make poor choices for themselves and their families, and they are people not to be trusted. They are dangerous men and hapless women. Just like uh. gives me, the, I just got like <laughs> full body shivers. That's that sums this up so incredibly. If we are committed to re- reproductive rights, then we should fight just as hard for all people, citizens right. or not, to be able to keep their families together yeah like keep to like keep them intact and within the united states these people are looking for help it's yes and that's (laughs) that's so important it's at the end of the day that's they're looking for help they're in danger who who in their right mind wouldn't see somebody suffering and bring them in to help them yeah i mean it's 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 unbelievable and and you know so much of it comes from so much of it comes from a place of fear but i just can't and I'm not saying that that's an excuse. It's it's like it adds a whole nother level for me because it's like we're talking about children. How can you be blind? How can all of these other issues are really bad and, and adults should be valued just as much like people are important. We're talking about we're talking about children. I keep coming back to that that clip that we watched that fa- that Fox News clip um, with Corey Lewandowski, who's a garbage person who was talking to someone who I think was in the Obama administration, trying, it was it was on Fox News, and he's talking about how uh, this woman had come with her ten-year-old daughter who had Down syndrome, and they had separated the mother from her daughter. And Corey Lewandowski said, "Womp womp." It breaks. It like it it like actually causes me physical pain to think about this. This is a this is a child with developmental problems, and like all children should be valued the same. But like, can you imagine? You said womp womp. Yeah, it's like th- what like like, like how? Charlie Brown from Hell. How dare you? It was Charlie Brown, right? I think now I'm crying. Oh, I feel really that thing. It just because that's like the depth of evil that you can make fun of and celebrate the pain and confusion and fear of children and the people that love them the most in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, ah, it just makes me want to like rip my whole head off. Want to rip his whole head off. <laughs> yeah. Mostly his head. Yeah. So this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good times. Is there a. Is there a moment of hope that we can have here? Yeah. Yeah, we can have Girl, I'll bring you some hope. I have never seen our society stand up the way that they're standing up. Yeah. And so for that, I'm so proud of... Obviously, there are like... a tr- Clearly, Womp Womp is an evil villain. That to me is like... I believe most people have good in them. There, I, It is at this point, I am seeing a lot of people in power who might not. Yeah. But that being said, the majority of people are not having this yeah and they are going above and beyond they are making their voices heard people are putting pen to paper they're mailing things we are it's we have a voice and as citizens i am really proud of the things that everyone has been doing and the money that they've been raising there's a couple i want to say in texas or arizona who raised two million dollars wow so that they can post bail for some of the uh immigrants who are trying to seek asylum and are being denied and that's that's beautiful so like i think our hope is is that is that we have more numbers they have more money and more religious garbage (laughs) yeah we have more numbers i know for myself that for whatever reason in all of the reading that i've done i haven't done enough reading about um about what's going on with immigration it's it's uh I, i know the basics um like I didn't even know, and I'm like ashamed to say this, but I had my political awakening probably after 9/11. I didn't even know that ICE was a relatively new organization until recently. Mine um, came after that, so be yeah, proud, it's <laughs> uh, so. 
I've really been taking the time to kind of dig back and specifically like, you know, working on this podcast has been really helpful to dig back and see where the root of this is and to really try and understand the nuance of politics, understand that um, that we're not fighting just an evil villain that we have in office. We're fighting the entire fucking system that yeah, has absolutely and, and that has organized and around disempowering here. people. Exactly. And and I'm hoping that a lot of people have been doing the same thing. I believe that they have been trying to educate themselves about how this came to be, why we're here, mm. um, because that's the best way to stop it is to know where it comes from. And I think to understand why these things are happening. Think about why there's civil unrest in places. What is contributing to the drug cartel? Are we right. Right. Probably. Yeah, for sure you we know are. What I mean? Start asking ourselves like why these people are in trouble. Right. And now they're coming to ask us for help. And like how did we contribute to that pain and suffering? Yeah. And, and now we're just adding more. <laughs> right. And the fact of the matter is that we can't, that we live in an, in, in an interconnected world. Borders are socially constructed. Yeah. We can't just close ourselves off. We can't, we can't become isolationists. That's just not possible, especially, especially now. It yeah. never was, but it really isn't now. And so, you know, we just got to, we just got to hold people to task. So, you know, get out and vote, guys. Vote. We're talking about choice. Make sure you make the right one. So yeah. I'm going to put some in the episode notes. We'll put some organizations down there that are doing really interesting work. If yeah. you guys want to, if you all want to donate or to Racist Texas, ACLU, we'll put more down. Yeah, but. a whole bunch of them. So look in the episode notes. We'll have a bunch of suggestions there. No hate. No fear. Immigrants are welcome here. No hate. No fear. Immigrants are welcome here. Sorry to bum you guys out. I know. Let's do something fun. Yeah. Let's read about how everybody on Facebook hates me. <laughs> Party time. <laughs> I have not looked back into my welcome to my vagina Facebook messages in years. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So are you going to turn it sideways out. so I can look? It's yeah. I mean, my messages are mostly consumed with, can I has pics of a vagina PLZ? Um, can I has vagina send me xx pictures on 0998166332 anybody want to feel free to send him some pics go for it yeah yeah it's a lot of can I see your vagina morning that one's nice (laughs) good morning I want to fuck it oh oh there's a penis oh oh like a picture yeah oh Jesus was it how bad was it it wasn't impressive I know that people are attracted to things, whatever. I don't find penises particularly attractive, like as They're as not a good thing. Looking. No, they look like naked mole rats that have yeah. been like you know, like kind of dipped in uh, silly putty, rolled around a couple of times. That being, I mean, I I personally love a good penis. Boobs look nice, but like at least if you're sending pictures of your boobs without asking, at least you're sending something nice. Keep the mouse in the house, buddy. Yeah, for real. And you please do me a favor. Please send me some pictures of woman's vagina ASAP. Thank you in advance. <laughs> Google. Just what use Google. Fuck? Like, what the fuck? Do these people, are they incapable of doing anything for themselves? Oh. You know, we have to take care of you. I want we to, have to feed you. you. We have to send you pictures of vaginas because you don't know how to use Google images. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to the comments because that's mostly there will be blood. You're going to hell. Oh, good. You're going to this layer of the hell. Uh, soon Jesus come and whip on from God. It's for you. Wipe on? Jesus, come and wipe on from God. It's for you. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) 
I'm just thinking of like moist towelettes right now. A moist towelette from God. Dirty minds could not have attention to God and keep thinking about this dirty thing. Call, I want to test your vagina if it have sweet. unbelievable oh, wow i want to test your vagina it's like it's like you go to the used car store and you're like oh, yeah. take it out for a little test drive yeah that's weird all right yeah yeah i don't you, no. <laughs> no 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 the answer is no i want to find these people's moms god will punish you soon okay <laughs> i mean maybe that's where the rats came from thanks for the heads up right <laughs> you're like i already got attacked by an empanada rat okay i know i got the fucking message dude <laughs> a lot of religious mumbo jumbo in jesus name you are washed by the blood of god our children of dis- these days and these are all different people oh yeah they're all different people it's a lot of this yeah this is a picture honestly too of like my legs and two men screaming up in my direction it's a pretty innocent picture yeah it's just what people read into stuff yeah and then so they're they're dirty minds right exactly honestly yeah if you miss heaven you will not miss hell how can i miss heaven i've never been there yeah that's a good point that i know of yeah maybe i fell from heaven guys maybe (laughs) because i'm a fallen angel right i know i was trying to talk about my vagina i was trying to remember the other part of that pickup line and i just couldn't oh well you're jewish i i grew up in ccd that's fair (laughs) that's fair (laughs) I'm Jewish and I got a mug to prove it. You're a Joe. I'm a Joe. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's cool. I have a pass. I have a Jewish friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. Gross. You like that? Sometimes I make myself laugh. (laughs) We'd also like to thank our fantabulous producer, Caitlin Moldenhauer of More Banana Productions, for producing us, hosting us, and for helping us reach our goals. You guys, we are having an ongoing conversation, and we really want to hear your thoughts, questions, and concerns. So make sure to drop us an email at welcometomyvagina at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram, also welcometomyvagina. We might even discuss it on our next episode. Also check out Jessie's videos at welcometomyvagina.com and please subscribe to her YouTube channel, Welcome to My Vagina, so that she doesn't have to bartend anymore. So that we don't have to bartend anymore. We don't anymore. have to read my blog. <laughs> please check out franklyrebecca.com where Rebecca slays you, politically smacks you, and reminds any misogynist to sit down and shut the fuck up because she's smarter than you, and that's a fact that I support. Also, you can find us on Twitter at welcometomyvag because of that fucking letter limit. <laughs> And if you want to support us, you can do that too. Just go to Patreon and type in Welcome to My Vagina Podcast and give us your money. Give us your money. Thank you so much for listening and we are stoked to prick your ears in two weeks. Bye. Rebecca, say bye. Oh, bye. See you next Tuesday. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.